Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What day is it? Oh, yeah. Is it Tuesday? No, it's it's Wednesday. 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 It's Wednesday. Hello, this is Strange Jason from Six Foot Plus. You're listening to See You Next Wednesday from ModernSuperior.com. Episode 87 of See You Next Wednesday, a weekly pop culture and film podcast where a single die roll decides what movies we have to see. This episode is dropping on Wednesday, November 6th. And my name is Dan Gorman. And if you want to know what I do in a drunken stupor, you have to ask the right questions. <laughs> Very nice. Very timely. Uh, my name is Casey Lyons, and I've always admired your tart honesty and ability to be personally offended by broad social trends. <laughs> I'm Greg Legro and Garpit Bonky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we got such a good episode. Yep. So much to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of movies off the top, talk about some new ones, some mm-hmm. old ones. Mm-hmm. We're going to play film roulette later. We're g- we watched Dallas Buyers Club, a.k.a. Matthew McConaughey can't catch a break. <laughs> We also watched About Time. We're going to talk about some Pearl Jam, roll for some movies for next week, and then get into some fun stuff at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do all this. It's going to be fun. It's yeah. going to be real we're fun. We're going to get into it. We're going to yeah. get real into it. <laughs> Here we um, go. Real, yeah. quick, uh, real quick message off the top from us to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are planning a screening mm. at Kitsch in Toronto, Ontario. It's a bar at Dufferin and DuPont. Mm-hmm. On December 1st, you're going to be able to come out, drink beer, and eat nachos, and watch a VHS copy of the Chuck Norris masterpiece, Invasion USA, up on the big screen. It's a free I, event. I've never seen Invasion USA. Okay. I had, it has an enticing cover. <laughs> I had like a intense moment of like, I hope people think this movie is as ridiculous as I do. Because... <laughs> It's one of it's like it's a Canon Pictures yeah. film and it's right smack in the middle of the eighties, nineteen eighty five. So you're coming yeah. off of like 
Vietnam movies, yeah. and you're moving towards like Red Dawn, yeah. kind of like xenophobic. Well, and all, all <laughs> Chuck Norris movies are ridiculous. Yeah. All of them. In <laughs> uh, this one, he has a pet armadillo at one point. Oh, wicked. <laughs> um, oh, but man. it also has Richard Lynch doing the best bad guy ever. He's just so, so like eating the scenery in this movie. It's very and, and And it takes a bit to get going, but it's fucking awesome. That's all right. They blow up everything at the end of this movie uh, and uh it's a free event chuck norris uh, almost <laughs> but uh yeah i picked it for december for the first month of this screening series because there's a really pivotal christmas based oh, scene <laughs> and that's a sunday right december yeah first what time can people go there uh show up at seven thirty. the movie will start just after eight it's free to get in, and then we're going to be fucking drinking and eating nachos. Hey, stop swearing, Dan. Yeah, fucking talking however <laughs> we want. None of our parents are going to be there. Oh, <laughs> you can swear as much as you want. Yeah, yeah. Sunday. Oh, man. Oh, my and God. yeah, it'll end early, so like it'll end before 11, so people can get back home to sleep. Yep. But um, yeah, so it's going to be free. We got I, I got some prizes lined up as of today. Oh, shit. So Room Org's going to be giving us a little bag of goodies to give out. Sweet. And uh, I'm going to donate some movies from my collection on VHS and DVD for oh, people. Yeah. Well, I've got a whole bunch of doubles of VHS. Yeah. Maybe I'll donate so some. So we'll get a little gift pile going. Yeah. I'm going to autograph a cocktail napkin. Yeah. <laughs> figure that'll... Uh... And just put it in my pocket. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keep it for to myself. Me. <laughs> you could have done better. Yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna be super fun come on out yeah yeah mm-hmm. december 1st go ahead do it yeah what so what else do we got to talk about off the top you guys been watching movies and stuff yeah man yeah. Things, i had a bit of a throwback night yeah uh i watched um joe versus the volcano oh wow yeah i've never seen it i like that movie a lot I, at least i think i do it's been i'm a dying time. to see it I haven't seen it since the first, I haven't seen yeah. it since the theater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I watched it again, and I watched. I also watched yeah. the Great Outdoors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, because I do want to uh, to write an article about it for the site. Yeah, do okay. it. Um, so first off, uh, Joe versus Volcano. This is uh, John Patrick Shanley's directorial debut, and I believe yeah. only movie he ever directed. Now he yeah. wrote Congo. Uh, oh, <laughs> he wrote the screenplay for yeah. Congo, uh, <laughs> which yeah. which always amuses me. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I mean, he's, and he's I, spotty. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, the greats. I mean, he did Doubt. You yeah. Know, he wrote the, the, the stage play. I doubt. tried to watch Congo because they did it on How Did This Get Made recently. Right. That's a bad movie. It's yeah. so bad. It's so yeah. boring. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I watched, I was so excited. The yeah. Bruce Campbell's in it. I loved There's the book. Super Intelligent Monkeys. I didn't read the book. I was like, Monkeys and Bruce Campbell. But <laughs> sorry for the spoilers if you're like, oh, well, I'm going to save you the trouble because Bruce Campbell dies in the first Really early, yeah. I'm like, oh, well... Well, fuck! <laughs> and then the rest of this the, whole movie with no the, Bruce. The rest of the movie was Amy Gorilla. Yeah. I didn't. I've never even seen the whole thing. Okay. I had to get out. Yeah, man in love with a monkey. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so this is uh, uh, the directorial debut, if not yeah. only movie ever directed by John Patrick Shanley, also written by him, and. <laughs> I don't know if it's good. It's <laughs> fucking great. And yeah. it's super well directed. Yeah. Like, it, like, he really, really went for something. But he's clearly a... Uh, uh, he clearly writes for the stage. Okay. Because, like, everything is super stylized. Yeah. Um, That's what... Well, I really it, liked it when it came out. I saw it in the theater. Which is weird. That's because, what intrigues me most about it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because like, like, in my mind, having never seen it, it's this crazy cult movie with, like, a really heightened style and whack, like... Yeah, and it is. And, like, you know, he's got, like... He's this depressed guy, and, you know, the working world is beating him down. Yeah. And he's told he has a brain cloud, and... <laughs> and so... 
Yeah, I don't know. I like in the, the, in the suitcases, like I don't the but now, but I haven't seen it in a long time, so maybe it doesn't work as well. Uh, Is it the? I actually just saw it. It's. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's uh, yeah, the but style is really, really interesting, yeah. um, and and it's very like visually colorful and beautiful. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a little heavy handed though. Like in that it's you know he he starts out and and it's the drudgery of his his day to day life. Uh, uh, he works at a, a medical supply factory that has signs up uh, advertising their famous rectal probes <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And, and and it's so he you know it's this like bleak painful existence that he just trudges through. Uh, Dan Hadaya brilliantly plays his boss, and the the dialogue for the first like five minutes is Dan Hadaya on the phone going, uh, "I'm not going to get into that with you. I already told you about that. I'm not going to get into that with you." <laughs> and just over and over and over. So it's it's super stagey kind of yeah, thing, yeah, but yeah. in in like in, in a really kind of. I don't want to say fun way, but in a really interesting way. Um, and it's that with very little substance. I mean, it's like it, it's like you got to break out of your mundane existence and go and really do something before you die of a brain cloud. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, so it, it's that for the first half. And uh, there's a great sequence. But it's sort of like a, a, a writer, like a, a playwright. um writing uh, trying to write a John Hughes movie which sure. kind of ties in again to to the uh, because like he's got this whole montage where Ozzy Davis is his and Ozzy Davis is amazing in this movie um Ozzy Davis plays this uh, limo driver that he uh, right. that he hires because the pretense being that he's going to die and Lloyd Bridges is this crazy billionaire who, <laughs> who's like, uh, uh, I need you to go jump into a volcano to appease these, uh, these natives of this tiny, uh, this tiny island yeah. where we need to mine these minerals. So if we give them a hero to jump in, and he used to be this firefighter who's a big hero who just couldn't take it anymore. Tom Hanks was. Yeah. Um, so uh, so Tom Hanks is like, well, I'm going to fucking die of a brain cloud anyway, so I might as well do it. So Lloyd Bridges gives him all this money to go out and buy expensive luggage and to have like this last kind of big hurrah in the city before he goes and throws himself into a volcano. Uh, so there's this montage with him and Ozzy Davis, him and his, like, this working class man and his limo driver go out and buy tuxes together and stuff, and they bond. So, like, there's all this kind of, like, inconsequential crap that happens just to sort of fill out an already pretty long movie. Yeah. Um, and yet it's not without its charm. It's, well, I it's remember, kind like, of I sweet. I really, I loved the whole, the bleakness of his work stuff. And, you know, I was like fucking 12. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> this is, it's like it has substance. <laughs> Jobs look terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that what it's like? Yeah. And, I think that and was the, the and, all, and the shopping and his just like total disillusionment. But I, and I liked when he's out on the seas too. Yep. Like all that kind of stuff. Because, well, he's one of those guys like Tom Hanks can, can just be the only thing on camera. And it's still yeah. super interesting. Yeah. Right. You know. I'm pretty uh, sure it's where the, uh, Zemeckis got the idea yeah, for it's, Castaway. Yeah, this is the prequel to Castaway, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but like, but it none of none, none of it means anything. anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, it, it, and yet at the same time, that kind of doesn't matter because it is kind of charming. And Meg Ryan plays three different yeah. characters, and and they're all very different, and they're all very great. She's doing a lot of like really over the top voice work and mm-hmm. stuff. That's that's just so much fun because she's so great. Uh, but then they get to the volcano. They get to the island where he's, you know, supposedly treated Gonna, like a king, yeah. and um, 
and the natives are all played by like Nathan Lane and Abe Vigoda. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, they mentioned they into, like orange pop or something. Uh, oh, they love orange pop, <laughs> orange soda. Yes. Uh, so they uh, and it's mentioned early that these natives were settled by they were half Jewish or something, and then and then have something else. I can't remember, but they have like this tribal song that's basically have a nagila, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right. I'm but yeah, so then, as you would expect, he gets to the island and and realizes that life is precious, and then and the god he probably should have got a Bible. second opinion on a brain cloud. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and so I don't know if I should spoil the ending. This is a movie from <clears throat> fucking years ago. Well, I'm gonna see it. Uh, all right, so I won't spoil the ending. Yeah. Yeah. But as you would imagine, things work out in a certain way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, yeah, stylistically, it's it's super interesting to watch. But at the same time, not a good movie. Yeah. It's All right. Fun. It's a fun watch. <laughs> Where do you watch this thing? On the Netflix? Uh, no, I watch it on the DVDs. All right. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it yeah. eventually. And then you watch The Great Outdoors? And then yeah. I watch The Great Outdoors, which, which I, I don't have a clear uh, uh, indication as to whether this is a good movie or not. Yeah. Um, I think it's... I don't know. Dan I, and I, I were talking before before we started. It's and a troubling movie because it's one of those movies you remember really, really fondly, mm-hmm. but then you watch it now and you're like, well, there's still things in this movie that I think are legitimately and brilliantly because hilarious. There's crap in it, too. But there's also a lot of stuff. Well, it was the end like, of the 80s. Yeah. But what? Like, I mean, like, like it, it, I, I feel like it's a movie that does exactly what it sets out. Oh, to yeah, do. Absolutely. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it sort of bridges the gap between John Hughes' angsty teen Molly Ringwald movies and mm-hmm. his baby's day out period. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, where it's just supposed to be a late '80s madcap comedy, yeah. where uh, you know people go water skiing against their will, yeah. and uh, uh, and then raccoons have have oh, subtitles. Yeah, there yeah. I forgot about that. Lips and assholes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there's really good stuff in that oh, movie there's so too. Much, like, yeah. like I think it's maybe the last solid thing that Ackroyd did. Uh, comically, he's so good. He's really funny. Yeah, that so scene awkward. where he has to explain—he's trying to explain—he watches on the deck or whatever. John Candy calm his kids down after the scary oh, story. Yeah. Oh my so god! He goes to do it to his daughters. Yeah, and he <laughs> tells them the story of the fucking guy who murders a family. <laughs> it's, it is oh, so man, fucking. It's really it's funny. Perfectly performed yeah. too, and the writing is great. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's another clever script from John Hughes. Um, no, I watched the shit out of that as a yeah, kid, yeah, and I yeah, still yeah. do put it on every once in a while. Oh sure, but there are these little. things things and i wonder if these have more to do with um like we got to cut the script down a little bit because like there's the guy who's been hit 666 times <laughs> by, by li- or 66 yeah. times by lightning and then that pays off in one little scene where he just gets hit by lightning yeah, yeah. and it's kind of like well, can you have thought of something to do with that <laughs> just wanted to have someone hit by lightning i guess yeah um, so there are those little things that that are just like that that didn't need to pay off or be in here yeah, at all. Yeah. But I think it has enough memorable scenes. Definitely, to be a, it absolutely does. A positive film. Yeah, you know. the scene where they're where they're uh, they dress up and go fight the bat. Oh, that's yeah, it's yeah. fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one. It, it definitely yeah, the steak eating contest. Is yeah, great. Oh, fucking genius. Yeah, I so think John Candy's just you know. 
Yeah, yeah. He's, hey, he was pretty good. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, like I it think... really shows you like how how brilliant he is at delivering John Hughes. Yeah. Like, I mean, Uncle Buck, oh, and then totally. and then this movie, like, and he is a perfect. He's the perfect second muse, I think, yeah. for uh, for John Hughes. <laughs> I think the stuff that works in the Great Outdoors lands in the uh, John Hughes category of stuff that like would go along with how like because John Hughes started in like the National Lampoon, and and he had that whole essay that was Vacation that got turned into the Vacation films mm-hmm. and i feel like this movie is almost like half of an extension of that because it kind of has that like heightened reality of things that could have happened to you because like i went to a cottage with my family and there was definitely points where there was a bat in our cottage right that's kind of <laughs> like it's rooted in some sort of yeah, a truth yeah, yeah. and then heightened yeah. and i feel like there is a lot of that in this but it also has the stuff that he got to like you said with baby's day out where it was just like well now i've just taken away the truth from it right. and left yeah, the yeah. heightened like baby on a girder <laughs> you know what i mean like that like there's no truth in like that it's, baby's it's on, a baby girder. on a girder on a girder genre from like well that's the whole thing like baby's yeah. day out is just like a video game it's like this baby's just like going through the city yeah, and everyone's like reacting Frogger. there's no emotional truth at the bottom of it whereas like half of the stuff in that works in the great outdoors does no but i, mean, I think uh, yeah i think half of it does but i think that's what makes it kind of a fun complete movie for me is that is that i kind of like that john hughes had those kind of like emotional uh, uh truth kind of movies yeah. and then he had those kind of like just wacky everybody falls down and gets yeah. hit in the nuts a lot mm-hmm. because i still think that those that the writing made those movies substantial yeah. enough yeah. Uh, uh, that, no, I that think the great the outdoors overall. I think because it has that stuff works. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think that like the guy getting hit by lightning is kind of like the the other side of it, where it's just like, couldn't you have had something to that? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, how did that not pay off yeah. in a more interesting way? Yeah. Like, hey, this guy's been hit by lightning a bunch of times, and well, then he just he, gets he, hit by he lightning. Might later, he was yeah. known to crack out a script in like a week or yeah. something, you yeah. know. <laughs> and so I think he probably had an idea, then finished the script and was like, I went, oh, oh fuck, fuck. Uh, yeah. I, some, I had an idea. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh well, they can't find the kids at the end, so let's just make it a rainstorm. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. I, I kind of want to talk about it uh, in the article. I kind of want to sure. talk about it, like in terms of of John Hughes overall. Yeah. Work, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's so. I, I don't know if it's inherently watchable because I watched it so many times when I was a kid. I think it is. I think I particularly. I think it's good for any, almost any age group, yeah. like you know, ten and up or so, maybe younger even, but. Because you can relate to something in yeah. it. Yeah. I think yeah. everybody can. Yeah. Uh, and it has more good than bad. It's not in the upper echelon of Hughes movies. It's no Breakfast Club. It's no, no Frank no. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. No. It's no Uncle Buck. But it's, you know, it's not on the lower end, which isn't much. He doesn't have a lot of lower end movies. There's the Baby's Day No, out, pretty much Baby's Day yeah. Out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and for my money, those Home Alone movies, I was not yeah, I'm, that's, yeah. crazy. Number I, one. I have grown an appreciation for the first one because I've seen it on Christmas a lot yeah. now. Right. And, I'm, you know, this is a pretty great uh, enjoyable Christmas movie. Right? I like it. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin's fun in it. And, yeah, and yeah, you got. I watched it. A lot. I also am of the age that was like at the perfect. <laughs> yeah, Casey and I were just too yeah. old, just, just a bit too old, too old yeah. for that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, I can totally understand that. Yeah. But, um, what did you, what have you been watching, Greg? I did a little nostalgic catch up that like I was so excited when I stumbled across it on Netflix, and then I I finally saw something that I've been meaning to see for ages. Okay, I'll start with the more current one. Uh, uh, Athena watched it and she's like, "You have to watch this because you haven't seen it yet." And I finally saw "Let the Right One In." Okay. Oh, 
I just I've the seen original. the first 20 minutes of that movie three times. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, no, wait, sorry. Is that the original? The original, yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Uh, I just, I, it's one of those things that is, I'm like, I'm going to see this. I will see that. Yeah, I've rented it. I've not watched it. Like, yeah. All kinds of shit. And it's on all the Netflixes. And then finally I watched it. And oh, my God, what a great movie. Yeah, yeah. right? Just, just fucking fantastic. Completely worth all of the hype. Yeah. I hate vampire movies. Yeah. That, well, I've hated every vampire movie for the last, like, 15 years or something. Or vampire movies that try to really play with the genre. This one does in such a great way, maybe in the best way since like Near Dark or something like that. But what a great story about kids' relationships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's dark. It's touching. The, the performances are fucking. Oh, those off kids the are insanely good. Oh my god. Yeah. And I want to see the the American one because I hear it's actually pretty good. Yeah, but I, I really got to give some distance in between because I'm <laughs> yeah. so heavy in my mind right it now. If I watch anybody and... like try and like pantomime it, like, like yeah. fuck you, Chloe Grace Moretz. <laughs> you don't know what you're fucking doing. But yeah, just what a exceptional uh, movie, beautifully shot, um, and it just moves along. I love the I don't know the relationships in it are really interesting. oh yeah. <clears throat> and so anyway, I want to, one thing, I, not, you know what, I won't talk about it right now, because I, I think people, if you haven't seen it, watch it, just I have yeah. a couple ideas about what the relationships mean, and I just, it's it's a thought-provoking movie, I haven't stopped Definitely. thinking about it for a week. Uh, my um, anecdote about that movie, and I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, um, I've, I've told a lot of people this, but I went and saw that in theaters, I was so excited to see it, and it was, uh, saw it at like the Cineplex, or one of the major theaters in Toronto, and uh, not a ton of people in the theater, but like a, a fair crowd. And I watched the movie, and I fucking loved it. And I'm walking out, and I'm walking down the stairs, and I'm and I'm then I'm turning, and I'm on the like walking through the front row kind of thing to get to the exit. And and I walk past somebody that has been sitting in the front row the whole time. And as I walk by them, I realize there it's a homeless person huh. has sat and watched this movie, and he's. A out of his mind crazy homeless person right. I don't know how if he just got in if yeah, he yeah, paid yeah. for a ticket or what but as I walk I hear by, this movie is great well this is where the story is going <laughs> well I could eat drink a Mickey or I could go and see yeah. this movie well I'm walking it's not by English, him is it perfect yeah <laughs> as I walk by him he's getting up out of his seat and he goes fucking best movie ever <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> he fucking... This is going on my blog. Yeah. <laughs> fucking best movie ever. I was like, you're right. It was awesome. I agree with you. <laughs> you smell bad. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. If uh, if you're stupid like me and, and, and have not seen that movie yet, please go out and watch it. Yeah, it's amazing. So very good. Um, and then the nostalgic thing, I was, I was like desperate to find anything to watch on Netflix. I wasn't in the mood for anything. I was going through moreflix.com trying to figure yeah. out what was on what region I was like Bleh. and then I stumbled across Cloak and Dagger oh man oh, I love that and I haven't seen wow. that since I was a kid but I watched the shit yeah, out of that yeah over and over kid. Cloak and Dagger if you don't know Cloak and Dagger is a movie starring Henry Thomas and Dabney Coleman um, and a very young William Forsyth uh, Henry Thomas plays a kid who's really into like role playing games and video games and there's a game called Cloak and Dagger and he has an imaginary friend named Jack Flack Who's played by uh, Dabney Coleman? Dabney yeah. Coleman's also uh, the kid's dad, and uh, it's just this little adventure movie. And like, it, I was wanna, when I found it, I'm like, oh, I think I'll write an article about this. Yeah. I don't have anything to write about this movie. It's not really that all that deep or interesting, but shit, is it a lot of fun? Yeah, uh, it's, I, it, that was a movie I borrowed off you on VHS. Yeah, to watch. yeah. 
it's well enough directed and it's just got these really touching moments at the end. You yeah. know? Well, if I remember correctly, it's uh, Dabney Coleman plays his dad yeah. who doesn't really have a lot of time for right. him. He's a pop- so he creates this sort of uh, imaginary yeah, friend who's kind of like a... To replace his yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah. Like Jack a superhero kind of like... Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just uh, totally watchable. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's still a kid's movie, but I... Yeah, the, the 93 minutes or whatever yeah. it is just fucking flew by. And yeah. it's one of those movies where you where you realize like how much people got away with things in kids' movies. Like, oh. I remember yeah. there was a scene where, like, the kid picks up a machine gun or something. Yeah, and, like, like, well, this, like, right away, like, as so- like as soon as the kid gets himself into real trouble, yeah, uh, a guy just pops off two shots at him. Like, this guy tries to shoot this ten year old. They try and shoot him. They try and stab him. They try and shoot him a lot of times. They dangle a little eight year old girl over a fucking cliff. Yeah, and, like I'm just yeah, like heavy shit. Like these guys are trying to murder a kid. Yeah, it's like <laughs> do 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 do. do. <laughs> I'm having a great time. It's yeah, like nobody has that much fun with child murder anymore. No, yeah. no. I don't movies. know. I'm writing like... a movie to rectify this situation. <laughs> I think kids' movies are too tame now, man. Yeah, put some danger. Well, I was I was reading about for some reason I was on the uh, Spike Jones where the wild things are uh, mm. film Wikipedia. I was reading about it and I, and I was just kind of remembering um, how like the reaction to that was sort of like it, people were wondering like is this a movie for kids like is it too scary or the yeah. themes too heavy or whatever and Maurice Sendak has a quote where he was like anyone that says that should go to hell like <laughs> like I, kids included yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like I don't know. I definitely agree. Like, there, I feel like because that to me, like especially where the wild things are, it's like that's an art house film for kids that yeah. I think like a kid can watch it and it's kind of sad and, and oh yeah, yeah. and whatever. I think but those things about letting go of your childhood and growing up, yeah, the realities of that at the ends of these kinds of movies are super messages. important. Yeah, absolutely, really fucking cool. Oh, one more thing I did see uh, based on uh, Alex West recommending to Athena to watch, and then Athena started watching, then I watched with her. Uh, the Haunting of Julia. Oh man! Which is also called Full Circle. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, fucking what a great movie! What a good movie! Oh eh? man! Holy shit! Yeah, the soundtrack or the score, so good. It's really great. Super um, freaky. Yeah, Mia Farrow is just man. I I really like I watching her in a movie. She's like one of those actresses uh, or actors, not by gender at all, who's just you never see the work. Yeah, it's just I I'll just buy them as a character every time. There's a, such a reality to the reaction and the investment. And for fans of things like uh, Changeling, yeah, uh, like a good slow paced, emotionally centered, yeah. Supernatural uh, ghost film. story yeah. or whatever, fucking wicked. Yeah, and what an ending too! Whoa, what a Holy flash shit. shot! Holy yeah. crap! <laughs> <laughs> I know. I watched that recently as well. I think I watched it a month or two ago on Netflix and also on Alex's uh, recommendation. Mm-hmm. And just like alone in the house, it like yeah, watched yeah. it at night. And afterwards, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm in this house alone now. And yeah, <laughs> this is freaky. Yeah, yeah it's a creep. It's, but yeah, it's really it's well directed. And again, the music's great. And yeah, it's I really good. I, I can't think of any other movie I've seen. I don't know how to say. His name right, uh, uh, Kier Dulea or whatever the guy from 2001. Okay, yeah, Dave. yeah he's in it, and I was like, "Hey, yeah. that yeah. guy." That's I've never seen it in anything else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if, highly, highly definitely. recommended. What a fucking great Halloween movie! So good, so good. Yeah, still watch it. Halloween uh, Hangover still in effect. Oh, if you yeah, haven't yeah. seen that movie, go watch mm-hmm. it. Um, I watched That's a bunch. I'm gonna get through it real quick though. I watched this movie called The Last Hunter, which is a war, like a Vietnam movie. That isn't it was made by Italians on the same sets as Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's this total sleazy exploitation Vietnam movie uh, that they tried to release in Italy as D- The Deer Hunter 2. 
And then they got like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, they just like, they just like named it whatever it was called. It was kind of like the zombie thing, like like Dawn of the Dead was released as zombie, so they made the movie known in America as zombie. They released it over there as zombie too, and it was kind of the same thing. Whatever Deer Hunter was called over there, they just called it that too. Right. Right. (laughs) One shot. Yeah. Again. (laughs) Yeah. And then they were like, you can't do that, and they had to change it, so they changed the name to The Last Hunter. Uh, And it is bananas, crazy, sleazy. Fucking, it's like a Vietnam movie with gore from an Italian zombie movie, like guts hanging out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But it was crazy. It was re- definitely worth seeking out. It was it was nuts and pretty entertaining at times. Sweet. Um, but uh, I also watched this one movie that uh, I linked to you guys hmm. called Unmasked Part 25 from 1988. It's a slasher film. It's British. And there is no part one to twenty four. <laughs> um, it's about a, it's about a guy named Jackson, and uh, he's got a mask like Jason. And in the film, like a hockey mask. Yeah, hockey and mask. His name is Jackson. And his name is Jackson. Jesus. And 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 in this in the movie, his backstory is presented as if he was Jason. It's like. I lived in America for a while. I people thought that I drowned. I've been over there like killing people, and now I'm back in Britain. And, like, basically it's a slasher movie that starts with a series of really gory kills, and then he meets a blind woman, not unlike Toxic Avenger, and falls in love because she doesn't know that he has a mask or is is deformed or whatever. And it's basically the whole movie is him, like, struggling with this relationship and, like, I want to, like, not kill people, but, like, I've kind of, like, been turned into a monster and I don't want to kill anymore, but, like, it's in my blood. And it's... And it's like oddly Shakespearean at times, and it's funny, and it's really cool. That's amazing. So does it? It doesn't outright say that Jackson is Jason. No, but there's also like, like everybody in the movie that? recognizes him as like you're the guy from those movies. You're the guy from like the like in this reality of this film. There's also like a series of films on uh, not unlike the. Friday the 13th movies right called like uh, the hand of death or something part oh, okay. six and so there, there's there's he's meeting people in the bars that are like oh you look like that guy from like those murder movies and stuff it's and it's kind of wacky and there's some stuff that doesn't play super right but it's a funny way ahead of its time movie hmm. that yeah I like the I cool. like yeah the the playing with that sort of like oh wink wink it's yeah. sort of jason totally and then like he there, there's literally parts where like he's about to kill some woman and she's like please don't kill me and he's like oh he, like everyone says that like you know like <laughs> you you can try and run away but like you're just gonna trip on a twig and then i'm gonna get you anyway and she runs away and that happens and he's like i told you and then he like <laughs> brutally kills her it's like pretty funny awesome. yeah. yeah it's on it's on right. the youtube's Unmasked Part 25. I think it's from 88. You should watch it. Is there any reason it's Part 25? No, I think that's just another play on like... Because there were so many sequels. Yeah. Yeah. Commenting on the slasher stuff. Yeah. Go check it out. I like some half satire. And the first first opening like four or five kills are fucking gory as hell. And you're just like, this would be amazing in any slasher movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sweet. Yeah. It's interesting. right. Sweet. So uh, does that mean we're going to get into some film roulette? I think it does. All right. Well, let's, All right. let's go. Film roulette 
enters their weekly segment where the three of us roll a die and the two high rollers get to go see something that looks great like Dallas Buyers Club and the loser has to go see something that maybe doesn't fall within their wheelhouse like time traveling romance film about time. <laughs> it's about time one of us talks about this film, oh, but no. <laughs> the loser gets to give the winners an album to listen to for the rest of the week. Two of us listen to the new Pearl Jam album. <laughs> That's how we play. We're going to roll later for the movies for next week. Yeah. Uh, so, Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. Casey and I went and saw this film. We sure did. And uh, got some buzz at a tiff. I heard it's it's been like I saw the trailers for this and was like, damn, we need to see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Matthew McConaughey, Jared Leto, just fucking dropping all of the pounds off for their roles in this film. They are thin as shit. Oh, my God. Everybody in this movie, their weight adds up to my weight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's insanity. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to say... I have to think about it a little bit more. I think this might be one of the best movies of the year. Okay. Uh, that's, that's like, holy shit. Um, yeah, I, I really like this movie. I think it's a really great story, super powerful, amazing performances, but I felt like there was something about it that just didn't go over the top to, like, I absolutely loved it best of the year territory. Really? I, I felt like there was... The performances in this film were amazing, and I felt like they kind of buoyed um, or buoyed a like good, not amazing script. Um, see, that's what I kind of liked about it. I kind of like, yeah, uh, without question, the performances are well. I mean, um, Jennifer Garner's good. She's she good. Just doesn't she's not given that much to yeah. do. Yeah, mm-hmm. fucking, I don't like Jared Leto. I I generally find him kind of distasteful. He's amazing in this movie. Yeah, he's good. This is the best thing I've ever there's, seen. There's there's a shot of him in this movie from like the side when he's not wearing a shirt, and oh, I was like, Jesus. where are your organs? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you like. You fucking took them out. Paper thin. You took them out and put them somewhere, and then we're in this movie, and someone's gonna put them back in right to the bed yeah uh yeah i I thought mcconaughey like i I don't know i I don't like to think of uh, of roles in terms of oh well this is an oscar contender because you know oscar or oscar but i don't know i i I think he's been better uh i think he's amazing in this but i feel like i really loved because it's one of those sort of transition movies like yeah okay so basically it starts out he's this sort of rodeo guy um who like fucking loves drinking and loves pussy? Yeah, man. super homophobic. Like super homophobic. Like uh, uh, like d- does all sorts of drugs and drinking and and just like fucks uh, prostitutes all the time. Um, and uh, as a result of this, he contracts AIDS. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those sort of like somebody with one set of morals and set of of, uh, of values. Event like it gets into a situation where eventually they see the other side yeah, and yeah. they start to understand it, but I didn't feel like they went too far with that. Like I, I, I feel like he was his circumstances taught him to be a better person. Yeah, ultimately. no, I think that was super effective. Yeah. I think his transition through this film uh, from like that kind of a person to what you're saying, like to the other side of it, isn't one. Of, it's not one of those movies where all of a sudden like. Like, like he doesn't meet Jared's character, people. and yeah. then it, and then is like, well, now I've seen the light. Like in the next scene, it's a very like he, you see that he still has his reservations and still has like these these types of uh, attitudes that are are right. hard to shed. Yeah, and exactly. you see that over the course of the film. I love that. But absolutely. you see those little glimmers of him uh, starting to see people yeah. as people, kind of mm-hmm. thing, which and, is which is not something that I mean, he used to be this guy who just had these archetypes in his yeah, mind. totally. 
Um, I just felt like there was so much, like at two hours, this movie, I felt like there was moments where it had to go really big to kind of like make points because there's so much to this story. It's, it's, it's hard to kind of like, I don't to to go kind of like super subtle emotionally. I felt like, I just felt like there was stuff to it where I was kind of like, it was a little bit expected biopic scripting, not like an insanely brilliant script, but I thought the performances are what made it what it is it, it, exactly it sells and I, I the think script it was that a might real... have some not so great stuff about it uh, well I, I i thought the script was a real sort of work uh, workhorse kind of script mm-hmm. where it, it told the story and it told the span of a story that needed to be told it yeah needed, like it, it it reached every single point what it needed to reach um and it relied it didn't rely on on kind of really uh a clever dialogue or anything yeah. there was a couple like really funny there genuinely was. funny moments and stuff um but but I think it really relied on on the performances to to definitely and at the same time was really plot heavy yeah um, uh, like because it needed to tell these the uh, the stories of uh, or sorry the the um, the journey of this guy yeah um, we haven't really talked about what, what it's about <laughs> uh, Matthew McConaughey as I say played played this rodeo guy who uh, uh, who contracts AIDS and. Um, uh, this is around the time where AZT uh, was the the, was the, the big drug, drug to, yeah. to fight AIDS, but they um, they were doing testing and kind of pushing it through. The FDA the sort of testing. pushed it through because it was going to be this gold mine. Yeah. in a time when everybody was up in arms about what AIDS was, and yeah. nobody knew, and everyone was like, "Oh shit, there needs to be a cure right yeah. now," so that so that the pharmaceutical companies could be like, "Hey, we got AZT, and this is the big." Yeah, huge cure all. Nineteen eighty six or so. Eighty five. It starts. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and, and so Matthew McConaughey kind of like realizes through his own research, which was I, which I thought was really cool. Like that that his character kind of like goes to like his, the own public his own public records and stuff. I loved how it was kind of like uh, he saw the problem and then started to go and research it himself and then through that ends up kind of creating this thing called the Dallas Buyers Club where he's got all these alternative medicines right. that he's not selling. He's charging monthly memberships to kind of skirt the law so people yeah, yeah. So it's can this get technically legal thing with certain yeah. illegal practices thrown in kind of thing. Yeah. Like he'll go to, to Japan to get... Um, uh, uh, what was it? It was uh, interferon at the time, yeah. which which was not legal in in the states. Um, so, what I loved about it was he was this ultimately horrible, selfish human being who's this total dick who begins this crusade and helps you know thousands and thousands of people yeah. based on his own self preservation. Uh, which and and through that, slightly starts to see the plight of other people and, and starts to see that that. Uh, like gain some sort of satisfaction from helping people. Yeah, there was something, and and it wasn't too heavy handed. No, I, I, there was one or two. I don't know. There was definitely one or two things where I was kind of like, I don't know about that. There yeah, was you're, one you're really scene, going for the heartstrings. Here. There was one scene in particular that I don't. I feel like I can't spoil, but I kind of want to, but I'm not going to. But there was just I don't know how to say it to, to get Casey to know what I'm talking about. But there was one scene where they where well, where blink they, twice for yes. Where there's no. there's one scene where like some effects were used. And I was kind of like, I don't know. There was one weird scene that was kind of like the, a big pivotal thing, and I felt like was a little on the nose. I just felt like 
I, I absolutely really like this movie. I think it is one of the better films of the year. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a movie that uh, is in limited release right now in Toronto, and anyone that loves movies has to go see this. I think it's really good, and I think the performances are amazing. Yeah. But I just thought there was something that I don't even know. I can't even really put my finger on that made it not be like, I don't know, that didn't send it over the top into like, that was brilliant, and I walked out like bewildered. Right. See, I totally did. I thought, like, all of the elements for me were, like, were sort of elements that maybe shouldn't have fit together. Like, like again, there was this really strong character work, but it was yeah. also very rooted in reality. The, the camera work, it was very... Um, it was very like cinema verite, yeah, documentary absolutely, style. like super documentary style, super kind of not shaky cam to the point of like, look, our cameras are yeah. shaky. It almost <laughs> got me a little uh, motion sickness with some of the camera. Sure, I a could, little. I could definitely see that. But um, you're right; it, it does kind of it doesn't go too raw. No, to be like, look how gritty this story is. But, but it, it does but at have the same that time. It, it is that sort of like storytelling of like we're telling a very specific story and we want uh, as much of the truth of the story yeah. as we can fit in there so it goes this happens and then this happens yeah. and then this happens because it's telling a true story yeah you know it, do- it doesn't have to rely on plot points because it just relies on the truth yeah um steve zahn's in there and he's great i, w- I wanted more i really because i think yeah. he's such an underused actor he's mm. been so brilliant in movies i feel like i want him out there more <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and but and- he is good in it he, yeah, he's great, but he's not really given that much to do. No. But at the same time, his character doesn't really need to do all that no. much. Um, yeah, and and I have to say, Matthew McConaughey is the, it's really I good. Think this is the best thing I've ever seen him do. I well, yeah, what a turn he's made in his career. You know, two three years. Yeah, Seriously. like mid movie. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, he's just atoning for failure to launch. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> um, sorry for surfer dude guys <laughs> and fool's gold. Yeah, and yeah. a decade and a half. Of terrible, yeah, right. terrible. Also, goes to girlfriend's past. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, hey, what if I got AIDS? Is that going to square things? He is fucking. He's good. He's, his emotional yeah. base in this movie, which I hate to fucking talk about movies like an actor, but it's it is phenomenal. The work he does in this definitely. Movie. I agree with that. I just, just yeah. blows my mind. Yeah, definitely. I think this is is one of the better movies I saw this year, and and I think it, you'd be crazy not to go see it and support. Absolutely, definitely. I can't wait to see. Definitely yeah. go and see this movie because you want like it's not it doesn't drag or anything. I There's did no feel points. my interest wane a little near like near the nearing of the two hours. I was kind of like okay, not not that I was like get on with it or anything, but I just did kind of and it was probably more my fault than the movies. Right, but I did kind of at near the end be like start to I don't know. Do you think it might just because be because of your video game generation? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's the explosion? <laughs> <laughs> I thought AIDS had more explosions. Yeah. <laughs> Give someone a plasma rifle on this thing. Come on. <laughs> um, no, it was very good. I really enjoy, I really did think it was a great film overall. Yeah. There was I issues, mean, I, but I'm I definitely mean, putting it in my top 10. Uh, it might move up to top five. Yeah. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah, maybe even <laughs> top four. Uh, after that, could be top three. Yeah, yeah. And what's next after that but top two? two. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> Um. So Greg went. I <laughs> had a great I time. I to see a uh, time travel love story. Yeah. Um. Uh, called about time. Uh. So this is about from what I can see in the trailer. Yeah. It's about a, a guy who, on his twenty-first birthday, is told by his father that all the men in his family, if they <laughs> if they get inside a closet, they can uh, travel in time. 
They have to get inside a closet yeah. first. Or a cupboard, like some like confined dark space, and then right. they can travel, not forward in time, only to some place they've been in their lives. Does okay. it have to be their whole body, or could they just put like a bucket on their head? And, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't ask. Uh, but it, uh, no buckets were used. It's oh, always yeah. in an enclosed space. <laughs> So, yeah, and it's a, it's a love story because the, our main character is just like wants to, you know, he's looking for the big love of his life. Yeah. And, yeah, so I went to see this movie, and I fucking loved it. Yeah? It's awesome. Nice. The, oh, I'm like, so happy. It's so, it's just an unabashed love story. It's not cynical in any way. It's really charming and funny. Uh, I'm Bill so Nye happy. He is so good in it. I, would, I just sat in the theater by myself just fucking delighted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That I'm is so the happy. Best. <laughs> I'm so happy about Me that. Me too. Because when oh, I saw man. the trailer the first time, like I saw the trailer in, in uh, uh, at the beginning of uh, way way back, I think, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh no, I'm not supposed to like this movie." <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, remember, I was very cynical about the trailer in the oh, last yeah. episode where I said like it For seems sure. kind of weird. Like they kind of were selling it in a way where I was like, "That seems weird. This guy's just manipulating like." Like so that women will like him. I feel yeah, like it yeah, could yeah. be kind of like, but it doesn't get ever in like do a gross area. Okay, it's not so he can you know take advantage or anything like that. Like he's looking for the real yeah. type of connection. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And uh, and it, it goes along and as I was like, right away, I'm like, I like how this is written. Yeah. I like the direction. Like, first two minutes in, I'm like... Oh shit! This is like not irritating. Yeah, <laughs> and then as it was going along, and fuck, Bill Nye is so good in it. As it's going along, it starts like you can feel it starting to go into very familiar territory. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, what a bummer! I don't really want to do this, but I'll accept it because I know how these. But then it doesn't do that. It like takes all these interesting left turns in the, it, you know, the carved out path of these kind of movies. I'm like, thanks for not fucking doing that. Yeah, bud. that was wicked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it is. It's a total love story. Like boy meets girl and all that kind of shit, and it's it's a wonderful love story in that sense. But it's also a fucking fantastic love story about fathers and sons, just so great. And in a year where there's been such heavy movies about uh, child parent relationships, like The Place Beyond the Pines and uh, Only God Forgives, that to have something that's just so fucking delightful, yeah, uh, it, it, yeah, it was completely refreshing. I just sat there smiling for the oh my hour, god forty five minutes and like genuine laughs and like. Really touching moments, like yeah, absolutely one of my favorite things I've seen all year. Oh, that's so awesome! <laughs> it's fucking. It's we awesome. haven't had yeah. a really? surprise. You're putting, the hell you, out of you would put this on on your uh, best of. I your loved best this of? movie. Oh my <laughs> god, Holy fuck, man, fucking, I'm so fantastic happy. date movie. Now I have I have a, a soft spot for uh, 
chick flicks or whatever you want to call them. Sure. I, I, I enjoy them. Yeah. I enjoy a good romance film. Uh, but yeah, and it was just uh, the acting across the board is great. And Bill Nye, he was yeah. fucking fantastic. And that lead kid, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's from the Harry Potter, I, apparently. I, I've seen almost all those and I don't remember him in it. Uh, but, you know, in, in Dread, he played the uh, the guy who works for Mama with the, lo- with the aura. Oh, okay. The, the ginger guy with the long hair. Yeah. His right. eyes have been, he's like the, I don't know, security. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, doesn't he play the two twins in the... Harry Potter movies? Oh, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Sounds right. Yeah. He's fucking great. I knew something about Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. He did great, buddy. <laughs> Rachel McAdams is charming as hell in it. Uh, yeah, everybody across the board is very, very good. The direction's good. The script is <laughs> fucking fantastic. I, yeah. If you want to have a date movie, this is yeah. your fucking well, date I'm movie. Well, I'm really glad that you're saying it, it's super good and that it's a good date movie and yeah. that you haven't spoiled it because Alex and I are going to go see it. Oh, good. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going, she was like, you should have lost. I really want to see that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, please go. I highly recommend it. Take take a loved one yeah just go by yourself and have a joyful time like i did uh, <laughs> but i might see it again i gotta go see that with my wife you know yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love the, I, just, I love the I losing role things. and then you end up loving it we oh, haven't man. had that in yeah. a while Which, oh, yeah. i think that's happened on this show maybe four a couple times, times yeah. if that yeah uh it's never happened to me i think it was the first time i saw the loser and was like this was great yeah yeah so yeah, well, I, yeah. I, that makes me. I'm such a strong. I, was, I, I walked out of there just in such a great mood. Yeah. Just like, what a wonderful gray, shitty day this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. About yeah. Time. I, it is from the same director of Love Actually, I believe. Yeah. Right? Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is I'm, another I, one of I'm those. Lo- as I was walking into the theater, I saw it at the Varsity, so I saw it with a bunch of old yeah. people who were also enchanted by this film. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I saw and, Dallas Buyers Club, yeah, and they too. were all That's very the sad play. afterwards. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm walking into the and I'm like, poster for this movie looks like, Egh. yeah, you know, and it says from the from the creators of Notting Hill, and I'm like, oh man, this what a yeah. fucking waste of my. I do think lo- like Love Actually is one of those ones that does kind of buck the like it it has the same I've kind of that. thing. It's like yeah. they're. It's not. I don't. Maybe it's not as good as this one, but I feel right. like Love Actually is one of those movies where you put it on your like. I shouldn't be won over by this, but I am. No, it, it is by the end of Love Actually because I saw. I saw it a long time yeah. ago, but it is one of those movies where at the end you're like, okay, I can make an argument for liking this movie. Yeah. I don't have to feel guilty yeah. for liking. This movie. <laughs> um. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, go see it. Go take take somebody to this movie. It's a nice. Yeah. Movie. I can awesome. awesome. Really That's yeah. so really good. good. Pretty happy. <laughs> it's been so long since we have that. Oh, I'm just gonna man. sit by myself in the middle of the theater and just ball my eyes. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Uh, yeah, I saw we I saw um, our movie at the Varsity too. Yeah, and, and it kind of got me thinking about like the the crowds that go there because usually I'm kind of like it's the old person crowd mm-hmm. or whatever as like a joke. But then I was kind of thinking like there's probably a lot of like really good stories. Like I'm sure if you hung around the Varsity and like made a little mini documentary like interviewing like old people that like still have the love of cinema in there i feel like there's a night like there's probably some amazing like love stories there about people that like go to the movies all the time it's not just the thing is it's not just the old people it is the the old people theater but it's like the old people who appreciate cinema yeah um and those are i I guess that's who goes out to the movies to see art house movies the Mm -hmm. most yeah um 
and also people who don't know how to act uh, in, in, in movies, movie but, theaters. Uh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, I mean, Dallas Buyers Club was full of old people. Yeah. And this one girl sitting in front of me who was on a date with some guy, and she was bored. Oh. And she wanted everybody to know oh. she was bored. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. 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 Okay, well, so we're going to talk about the Punishment album from last week. Right. Who's who's going? Who wants to bring us into this? Uh, well, this was a uh, an album that I gave you guys. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you set it off? The new Pearl Jam, which I've heard some of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've never been a fan of of uh, of Pearl Jam. Me either. Well, I owned ten when I was a kid, but you're supposed to, so yeah. that's why I own that. What uh, ten albums? Uh, uh, <laughs> what? That was not the context I was expecting. <laughs> um, and from what I've heard, the I, I I gave it sort of a cursory listen, and it just sounded a lot like Nickelback to me. Yeah, well, see, I I've never really listened to to them as a band on a whole. I was definitely a little like by the time I w- was aware of Pearl Jam, to me they were like the it, it didn't sound that much different than the garbage that I hated that was on the radio. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, well, why would I go back and listen to this? It sounds a lot like the shit I hate right now. All right. Um, and so going to listen to this album, I feel like. I feel like that's my stopping block because I feel like sure I'm there's probably arguments to be made about this this album not being the worst album ever which it isn't but I was also like it it sounded like to me what you guys can't it sounded like to me what it must sound like to you when I give you guys pop punk albums where I'm just like uh-huh. this is not anything that I will e- ever no, be able to like. You can't discern the quality from like a good version yeah. of this band or Because it was all just like or Braille, or Braille, Braille, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when, when Pearl Jam came out, nobody sang like yeah. that in a hard rock band exactly. yet. So Eddie was like really different. Doing something yeah. innovative. And then a million people followed yeah. and, and, it, and it's tainted ever being able to hear his voice. Because I found that listening to this album like as soon as he would open his mouth I'd, uh, a little part of me would be like I yeah. gotta figure out how to listen to this yeah. to get through the whole thing but even just like the riffing and stuff to me well, was just like this I can't this is the main problem with it. Pearl Jam is the guitars are terrible yeah Stone Gossard and Mike McCready can suck my balls now, first off I don't like the riffs the riffs suck and the way they're recorded they're, like they, it's the same fucking producer they've been using their whole career yeah. and he fucking records, records guitars terribly they, they're just they're just limp well, it's, well, empty. Like Ugh. you said, it doesn't help that they write just boring classic rock. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's just leaning on the blues riffs. Yeah. Now, I so I do like some Pearl Jam. Uh, I've had a very touch and go relationship with them. Where it's like I liked Ten, and then I got really tired of Ten, and I just checked the fuck out on them. But then somewhere around like my, I don't know, beginning of college or something like that, I kind of went back and checked some shit out. And I really like a couple of their albums. I think Vitology and No Code yeah. are very good albums. Yeah, I don't really go back and listen to them, but it just kind of it reminds me of a time period. Yeah. So I like it mostly for that. So I was trying to just listen to this as a rock and roll record or something. But Eddie sounds good. Like, he can still really sing. Yeah, But, yeah. man, these guitars are so empty. Yeah, once I heard a couple songs, I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a couple of melodies on here, even his, that are just a little too... Yeah, yeah. Boogie rocking. It's like, don't do this. Do not do this. Yeah. Is there a band that's not a very... Experimental. That's not the word I want, but like uh, they aren't a band that stretches out too much. Mm. They aren't gonna. They don't take any risks. Yeah, right. Uh, and 
you know, that's why their 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 uh, central fan base will always be there because of this consistency. I realize because this album doesn't suck. No, it's, it's just not another Pearl Jam album, yeah. Yeah. and it's got a couple of like on songs like that first song that has that. Yeah. If it doesn't have that in it, it's an okay song. Like yeah. the, the 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 pre-chorus, chorus, and bridge are all fine, but when when he boogie rocks, it's yeah. fucking worse. And there's a couple of songs that do that. Now, after I saw. Uh, about time I yeah. was in such a Delightful mood <laughs> And I gave this Another listen I was like This is alright yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so Okay If you are a Pearl Jam fan Or were one This album's pretty good Yeah uh, I can see that There's quality Time put into it and Into their hooks It's nothing new At all Right uh, But if you know if you're still a fan, then that's probably what you want. Yeah. If you were never a fan, you're never going to be. They're yeah. not ever going to do something new and different. And if you're like a cautionary fan, like I am, then I listen to this for this episode, and I'll probably never listen to it again. Yeah. Right. Ever. I'll get drunk in five years and feel nostalgic and be like, "What was Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but that's it. Yeah. 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 It was just. It, you're right. Like it's not like I don't think there's. I don't think I can say like, this was the worst album ever. It's just like. Very certainly not something that is I'm that I can do. I just like was this is boring, and I read I read the all music review for this, which had a point where it was saying like they're trying to be energetic, but it doesn't yeah. really play like it. Like no, it, there's yeah. a kind of like a, I think I think in all music they say it sounds like a hollow energy, and it does feel and and I completely agree with that. It's just like they're trying to be like. Yeah, we're back to you know we're young again, but I don't brown, want you to do brown. that because <laughs> if they if they would settle down and write. A mature album that might catch my interest, yeah. Because like they most like No Code is their most mature album, which is just like laid back. They were fucking clearly into a lot of Neil Young at the time, yeah. And it's like, yeah, kind of do that because it isn't fucking. I don't know who that's for. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't know people who were, you know. 14 when 10 came out yeah. I don't know if that's what they want right now well, it's, well I think that, that Bar most of boogie it, rock like it, it's it's like car seat rock you know like it's yeah. like people yeah. who want to listen to some rock they don't want to rock out yeah. but they want to still like feel valid or vital that they still listen to rock right, and roll right. yeah but they have their kids in the car kind of right. thing yeah so. like I, <laughs> I, I like Do rock I don't kids? want to rock yeah but. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like I want a little bit of boogie rock. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like it's just safe and 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 I think it just lets people who feel like they might their life might be compromised. Yeah. Go, "No, I can still rock it from time yeah. to time." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no. Mostly uh, mostly my problem with this album is the guitars yeah. and the production. The yeah. boring ass samey same fucking Oh, it's very for, it, it's yeah. Jesus. 20 years now or something. <laughs> just try something else, man. Yeah. But what I do I like know? This is, their, they... this is their, their first album to, to hit number one in yeah. 15 years But I feel like the last like, it's three or like... also a very different landscape now. Well, though. this is true. What That's was the cool. album that came out with like the different squares? on the? I feel like there was one That's that came no out... That's No Code. Was that a couple years back? Time. That's like 1996. No. There was one that came out in like 2003 or something or, or 2009. Uh, it, it came or... out in conjunction with that, uh, with that documentary that they made? Maybe. Was there was that? one that was fairly recently. I remember like when I started hanging out at Rancho, it came out and it was like, oh, best they've had in years. I feel like they've had a series yeah. of like this. No, this one. No, like Pearl Jam. Every time Pearl Jam re- releases an album, it's like the press is forced to say that best one in years. Just like every time the Stones put out yeah. an album, yeah. somebody says the best in some girls. Yeah. <laughs> like every time, yeah, you know, yeah, Voodoo Lounge, totally the best. Yeah, some, some girls. girls. <laughs> Ooh, 
<laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, what are we listening to this week? You had a delightful time. Yeah, I had, I had you a watched really... one of your favorite movies of all time. It's true. It's true. And I had such a conflicting you, ride here. Yeah. You be nice. I, uh, I'm i going to be, I think, what I think is nice. Okay. And I think is going to be a fun, right. fine little week here. I did pick something that I want to talk about on the show that I really, really like. Okay. But have only come into my realization of just how much I like it in the last year or two. Okay. And particularly, uh, like, fully cemented while I was on my honeymoon. So we're listening to Duran Duran Rio. Awesome. Uh, I'm into that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to some Rio. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I really like that album. For sure. It's got a couple of songs. Is it I'm... called The Chauffeur? Is that the song? Yeah, yeah. That's like fucking amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I, I've only, I only have like a few songs here and there that I'm familiar with it, but like it's one of those things where I'm like, I feel like I should dive into Rio someday, and then here we are. Yeah. <laughs> right. That yeah. day has come. Yeah. It's like um, this accidentally great album. Yeah. It's, it's very good. But yeah, I want to get a full discussion on awesome. uh, Rio Sweet. So next week, come in for that and also come in for what we're about to roll for. Hey. Thor 2 is coming out. Yep. We got to see Thor 2. Thor 2. Thor 2. Thor 2. <laughs> I am Thor 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about this. I liked Thor one, so oh yeah, yeah it was sure. great. Yeah, fun little movie. Yeah, I'm excited to see Not where the they take it. Not the best of all of the sort no, of no, Marvel it universe made, it movies. It kept me interested but... in a superhero that I don't give a fuck about. Yeah, yeah so, totally. So, goo- <laughs> so goofy. Yeah, just a really watchable kind of movie. It had issues, yeah. but yeah. Um, and uh, the loser. Yeah, I have the trailers look good. The loser's gonna the go see loser. <laughs> some old dudes yeah. getting into some hangovers. Yeah. Possibly drinking some Red Bulls, doing things old people probably shouldn't be. Subverting expectations. Oh I wonder if they understand the internet. Oh, man. <laughs> That's right. Last Vegas. Yeah. Starring a bunch yeah. of people. I'm yeah. excited. The one thing I am uh, looking for. Starring a bunch of people. A bunch of people. <laughs> I am. I am. If I was well, to Somebody lose... told me, oh, you're going to go see a movie starring Robert De Niro, Kevin, Kevin Klein, Klein, Morgan Freeman, and yeah. uh, Michael Douglas. I'd, I'd be, be like, like hell yeah. Awesome. Yes. What a great cast. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I, like, the, old, the thing that piques my interest about this movie is Kevin Klein. Absolutely. I feel like it's he, great to seeing see him, him back. And, and yeah. in comedy. But and I, uh, love, nothing else I love old man boner jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. If stand up guys told me anything. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I, don't, I like Space Cowboys, so what the fuck do I know? Maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll be delighted by this movie. Yeah. What if, they, right. what if they didn't go to space? Casey yeah. is rolling. I'm rolling. He has rolled a two. 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 All right. What the fuck? I'm rolling. Here we go. Backspin. I rolled five. a five. five. Greg's rolling. Six. No, six. that's not exactly on the six. <laughs> that's that's pretty a six. Much a six right there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm, you, uh, I'm going you to see last two, Vegas. and that's higher than any of these. So yeah. Mm, no. Six. Yeah. All right. Old man boner jokes. Old for Casey. man boner jokes. Hey, old <laughs> man boner. Old man, look at my, my boner, boner joke. <laughs> it's a lot like your boner <laughs> joke. Joke. <laughs> Had to get that in. Um, <laughs> That's uh, a movie about a father and son comparing boners. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't want to dwell too much on. Yeah. That. No. So come back for that next week. Uh, right now we're gonna get into some other stuff. What are we gonna get into here? Um, well, what do we want to? What are, are we gonna end on? 
let's talk about some TV. Okay. And then we'll we end got on, Greg's television yeah. corner coming. So people there boop, was boop, some boop, television hey, corner. GTV. Uh, so yeah, there was nice. There was some back and forth. It was a heated race for a bit, but it looks like I'm watching Airwolf. Yes. Yeah. Facebook uh, has decided. Yes. That Air- Greg Airwolf is going to be my journey. Yeah. And I am excited about it because I really do want to know. Did did some people come up with ninety different helicopter stories? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is it a real wolf? Yeah. Or <laughs> now I'm also. I would really like to see a show that is about a wolf, wolf. that flies a commercial airliner. I know. Yeah. yeah. But Me I too. want it to be a stark drama. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any like they, no, no. they don't like break the wall about him being a wolf. No, no, no one's no. like Why no. No one even mentions yeah. it or anything. But no. he does wolf things still. Yeah. yeah. No. Like, t- he doesn't talk. He's and occasionally he eats the co-pilot. <laughs> He's like screaming out like, all right, Greg. <laughs> all right, Fred. Um, so uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Airwolf is a TV show from 1984 about a uh, super helicopter pilot named Stringfellow Hawk and his lovely co-pilot, played by Ernest Borgnine, named Dominic. And they were commissioned by the uh, U.S. government to go recover a super helicopter called Airwolf. They do this, but then they just keep it. <laughs> so that's what, they have like a bat cave. Like there's the Airwolf cave where they keep the helicopter and they, the government can't find it. Oh, but so they, they stole it. They took it. Okay. But, but Stringfellow Hawk has done this a lot because when they first went, he lives in like this log cabin out by the lake. And when they went to get like commission him in the first place, he has all this artwork there from like covert missions he's done and he just <laughs> kept some stuff it's really weird so he's a fucking thief yeah he's a total klepto all but right. he plays the cello and bangs broad so you know it's all it's all good yeah um so he they have uh airwolf and they, they but the government keeps on i all like also that the government every time something comes up they're like oh we got an emergency what do we need what what would what would solve this super helicopter <laughs> i think is the only answer to everything so they keep coming to Stringfellow Hawk and Dominic and being like, "Go fix this shit." Yeah. Wait, hold on. So they so they stole the helicopter, right. And then from the government, right? And then the government goes, "Hey, remember you stole that? Hel- Do you still have that? <laughs> Would you mind using it?" And they yeah. just cannot get this thing back. And their go-between guy, uh, like their their liaison to the government, is this guy named like Michael Archangel or something like that, and he wears an all-white suit. Uh, like white blazer, vest, and tie, all white suit. Awesome. Uh, and he has an eye patch. Oh, man. <laughs> and, awesome. hair and a mustache. And he's very mm, sophisticated. And uh, <laughs> even to the point where when he flies somewhere, he has a, he has a white eye patch to wear inside the helmet. Oh, he's I got his dress eye patch. Yeah, he's got, but it's black when he's, anyway, he's very put together. <clears throat> and so. Uh, yeah, so Michael, or uh, uh, sorry, I almost called him Michael Knight. Stringfellow Hawk goes out on adventures <laughs> with his super helicopter. Uh, and it's uh, usually, uh, there's been two episodes in a row about uniting, uh, reuniting kids with their estranged fathers. Two in a row. I've only seen five episodes. Two of them are about that. <laughs> well, everyone knows if you want to reunite a child and and father, you're gonna need a helicopter. <laughs> a super helicopter. Or a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally both. Um, the dialogue is really great on this show and the the star of it, the guy who plays uh Stringfellow Hawk, uh Jan Michael Vincent, right. he was this like big up and coming star in the seventies because they he was, like, really super tried to make him the so thing. hard. But instead what they did was make him a 
crippled alcoholic. Yeah, uh-huh. and yeah. he is drunk for this show. Awesome. Um, and like he like the series is actually quite popular, but it kept on having problems because he was so drunk. Right. Jesus. And like even to the point where there's this scene where he he's his character isn't drunk. Stringfellow Hawk. Stringfellow Hawk isn't drunk. This other guy's pretending to be drunk, and he's like, "I'm all drunk acting." Yeah. But I'm watching. Jan Michael Vincent, I'm like that guy's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it just he's just got this like kind of sunk into his clothes, yeah. like kind of like hands in pockets, like slow saunter going on, just eyes barely open, yeah. half listening. I'm like that guy's hammered right now. Yeah. Hey guy, hey shitty actor, that's just drunk. act like the drunk guy yeah. that's next to you. Anyway, um, so there's a lot of scene. Uh, it's fun to watch the show and go. Is he drunk in this? Yeah, scene? yeah. <laughs> I, w- I want to see Very the outtakes. Curious. That sounds like a sweet drink. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I want to see the outtakes where like that scene where the drunk pretend drunk guy like snaps out of being drunk, and then like the real drunk guy like snaps into not being able to like keep it, and it just like barfs or something. And cut. <laughs> and the other guy's yeah. like, oh well, I think I'm going to my trailer. <laughs> Um. So the the last episode I watched, um, this other uh, uh, these uh, mercenary guys or whatever. Everyone's funded by some foreign countries are bad. That's the moral okay. of this show. No, oh, yeah, and that they, was the moral of the eighties. Airwolf. So they know that if they if they get Ernest Borgnine trapped somewhere, Stringfellow Hawk will come with Airwolf to get him. So they shoot down uh, Ernest Borgnine in this helicopter, but he has a stowaway passenger. It's this little girl who's trying to find her dad, okay. played by Shannon Doherty. What? Yeah, hey. In 1984. And uh, so there's a whole lot of weird dialogue and scenes between Ernest Borgnine and child Shannon Doherty, <laughs> where they're telling each other stories and stuff like that. And, uh, and Stringfellow Hawk comes with Airwolf, and he shows up to save them. And... Like this super helicopter, and like we're right in the beginning of the show. Like this is when you should really just see nothing but Airwolf kicking ass. But yeah. Airwolf flies in, and a guy on the ground shoots the the tail rotor with a bazooka, yeah. and Airwolf's like, "I'm out of here!" And he takes <laughs> off to go hang out in this little like Mexican village, to f- and all these Mexican villagers help him fix Airwolf. Okay. It's really weird, and I think he bangs somebody there. Like they're really setting <laughs> up that he's going to bang this chick, but awesome. and, the, and her brother is like, you like my sister? Oh, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's really strange. And, uh, of course, then he, he fixes Airwolf and goes and blows all these guys up with Airwolf. And yeah, I, I don't know. They, they, they yeah. set up the, the, the reveal on Airwolf yeah. in every episode the same way. And there's always, a, like, it's a shot of him looking at Stringfellow Hawk, just looking deeply into Airwolf like he's in love with it, stares at it, the Airwolf music starts, then he flies around. And now two episodes in a row where there's a, the bad guy, one of the bad guys is like, got a gun, Airwolf is totally bulletproof. Yeah. And he, and he flies in with Airwolf and he's like in like in the cockpit, like Airwolf's like whoop, 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 whoop. And there's a guy there with a gun who then eventually just uh, throws the gun on the ground <laughs> and puts his hands up to Airwolf. Like, it is it is a helicopter. Yeah. You're not, I don't know, no one's on the ground. And then Airwolf like yeah, takes this run away. As, not like he never takes the guy like into custody who's put his hands up like I surrender. Then he just flies away. So I feel like he flies Airwolf around looking to just demoralize him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, this is it's an emotional a victory. that yeah. fucks with people. Yeah. This is an emotional victory. I'm taking my leap. Yeah. <laughs> Enough for me. I feel like this guy's learned his lesson. Yeah. He's not going to pick up that gun again. <laughs> so I, I don't know. this show is totally fucking bananas. Um, um I, I feel like uh, uh, to to start this off, what makes it 
super. What well, makes this copter that super? pretty fucking cool. Right. Uh, it's this, you know... I assume giant guns. Uh, yeah, there's big guns. There's big rockets. Um, it has, like, jet uh, thrusters on the back. He hits, like, mock speed every time. Like, oh, geez, we're in trouble here. So he goes, presses a button, and they show the... the Super jets on the back of the airwolf go, and then they just speed up the camera of the yeah. <laughs> just like that's a yeah, really but, fast helicopter. Doesn't Whoa. that sort of go against the physics of how a helicopter flies? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> yeah, if you shoot something like if you like put a bunch of thrust out of the back of a helicopter, yeah, while well, there's a, something spinning on top of it, I feel like it's going to start the. Yeah, it's not called air the real helicopter. <laughs> Um, it's going to shoot it into the ground. I think. <laughs> Super helicopters were like a big thing around there because there was that uh, Roy Scheider movie, oh, Blue, Blue Thunder. Thunder. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen that. That's a good movie. Uh, yeah, um, I, <laughs> there's all kinds of like, uh, they, they have a lot of, they're, they're addressing uh, uh, the, the, uh, the growing uh, women's movement and, you know, uh, strong. They have the idea of strong female characters being there, but they totally undermine it every time. Like they're aw- like they're aware of like that. This is the mid '80s, so it's called it's women's lib, and yeah. uh, they're aware of it and being like, you know, oh look at that. We've acknowledged that this is a thing. Yeah, yeah. Now cook us some steaks. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like it, right. it, they never <laughs> let it go anywhere. And like, oh, she's a super agent too. She's going to go undercover as a stripper, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Everything is just that, which is really so. It's a little sexist. It's a lot racist. <laughs> Uh, the helicopters are Airwolf. super cool. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> that's their tagline. <laughs> it's a little bit sexist. It's a lot racist, and there's a helicopter. This Thursday on Airwolf. <laughs> oh yeah, and the dialogue is just yeah, it's really, really pretty fun. Uh, oh, you know what? I recorded a bit from the bad guy from this today. Oh, we got a clip. <laughs> I, a, Sweet. I'll, I don't know can how this Can sound. we throw to the clip? I'm yeah. going to just play it off of my phone into my microphone here and see yeah. what it sounds like. This guy is talking about uh, Airwolf. <laughs> and, and, well, most, and the you know the character of Stringfellow Hawk. And he says this uh, to his little henchman fellow. All right, where are we here? And talk. Approximately here. Less than a minute later, he was here. He bounced across the ridge line right into our lap. Then why is he still not in your lap? Because he has more guts than sense. Going to Mach 1 like that put him into critical fuel consumption. And his tail rotor was hit by a rocket. He kind of... Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? His yeah. tail rotor was hit by a rocket. Well, it's hit by a rocket. There's a lot more... of stuff about mock speeds, and he he's had... more something than that, and a rocket. <laughs> what did he... he said he, he has... wasn't even saying sentences. <laughs> no, he was just saying just... tail spin, rocket. Yeah. Okay, but he said he has more guts than sense. Than sense. Okay. Yeah. That's not what it That's sounded what makes like him to dangerous. me. <laughs> what did you think? It's was... he has more guts than sex. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> I was like, hey, that does not make any sense. Unless I guess he's getting a lot of pussy. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's the, that same bad guy. He's like, well, next time we encounter Arrowwolf, we'll take him down because this time I didn't even get to use the leech. What's the leech? Oh, the leech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a rocket that doesn't blow things up. It sticks to the uh, the to whatever the vehicle is, <laughs> and then it, it'll it'll either uh, release a gas or high frequency sound or both. 
<laughs> oh my god! So they designed it to maybe do both. Yeah, things. yeah. I like. We that. don't even know. Yeah. In my mind, that character went from being like really, really sure of himself, like, "Oh yeah, the leech." Well, I'll tell you what that is. It's uh, this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it could well, do one of these things. Maybe <laughs> I could draw it. I don't know if I can explain yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they just design it to do both things all the time? Yeah. Why does there have to be the element of surprise? It may do both. Yeah. We don't know. Mm-mm. So yeah, uh, but of course, Airwolf saves the day, and he, you know, he saves Ernest Borgnine, and Shannon Doherty gets to hang out with her dad, and everybody's happy again. Yeah, um, and then they'll come back tomorrow with more, more problems that can only yeah. be solved by a super helicopter. Yeah. So I didn't really get to. I was going to watch more so I could really talk about it. But again, we didn't really know what I was going to be watching this week because I watched. So I watched a bit of this and a bit of the Blacklist, which is what right. we're not really going to focus on. Right. But I did watch more of the Blacklist, and I'll let you know about that time and time again if something interesting happens. Like the last episode, I saw James Spader melted uh, Tom Noonan inside a bathtub. Sweet. Oh. <laughs> Awesome. That is something I've always wanted to see yeah. <laughs> in a TV show. And i got to say, you know what? The Blacklist for Trash TV is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But I really like Newton. James Spader. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of helps. He's at his smarmy best. Yeah. And there's occasionally good writing on it. But it is just a silly show. As I, I've seen about five episodes, and it, it, there's not a, a ton to talk about, really. But uh, if something like that happens, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll you bring know, it up. If you want trashy, you know, hour-long procedural on TV, this, yeah, check it out. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Uh, something else that's better than totally fine, better, is Breakfast Attack Swap Squad. <laughs> squad. <laughs> I oh. thought you were gonna say Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm. I'm like, I don't think. Also, nice. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, pretty it's great. Pretty good. Oh my God! Breakfast swap cage match, the cereal edition, whatever <laughs> yeah. you call this. Yeah. Where Breakfast are we? Tiffany's, I told you. To- oh, today's a very exciting one. Yeah, yeah. Count Chocolate versus the Cookie Mickey Thief. Rooney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> versus racist Mickey Rooney. <laughs> Oh, Kevin Chocolate is just going to be really upset. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like stop doing that <laughs> impression. Uh, yes, serial yep. characters though. Yeah, that's that's right. what we're doing. Um. Where's the dice? Oh, the dice. Yeah. Right here. We got to roll for these guys. Yeah. Count so Chocula, these... his weapon in Thunderdome will be two. That's a whistle. Two whistle. is the whistle. But he also. with a whistle. He's got his fucking vampire fangs. He too. does. They, so if he gets close enough to the cookie is, thief, could mm-hmm. he theoretically turn the cookie thief into a vampire? Into a chocolate vampire? Yeah, into a chocolate vampire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are the. I need to know what the. You know, habits and uh, stipulations are in a chocolate vampire. Okay, so the cookie thief has... Hold on, let me find out so I know. Cookie thief has five, has the spear with a blade on the end of it. Ooh. Well, that's good. And and also, uh, now I'm going to assume... Let's talk about what kind of vampire he is. Stake through the heart? Is this going to kill him? Um... I feel like it has to be more chocolate related than that. <laughs> Death by chocolate. No. <laughs> no, but he likes chocolate. Yeah, he does. Like that's chocolate. like you know, it's like everything on the cover is chocolatey. I'm yeah. assuming even his castle. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he would surround himself with something that he could die from. It's that's true. true. But does he kill people with chocolate? I don't think that. The, I think. I don't think he's a I think mur- in murderer. The, yeah. <laughs> He's I, a he's vampire. Not, I know, but I know, he's but like I, a I think he's a vampire. Dracula. I feel like he's a very non-malicious vampire. Yeah. I've never seen him attack one of those kids. Yeah. Uh, you know. He's always trying to give them vitamin cereal. But I feel like he cereal. could. It is true. Maybe he wants to keep them healthy so they can grow bigger and fatter. And then eat them. And then drink and then all their blood. Uh, yeah. there, uh, there is something... 
He's a Something vampire. Something sadistic going I on behind the I think of the, the two of these characters, though, I think the cookie thief is the malicious he's one. He's a criminal. He's a fucking criminal. He's, he's a, he is straight a up criminal. criminal. Yeah. He's dressed like one. Thief is in his name. I, I feel like he's stealing cookies from yeah. kids. And I feel like in the commercials, like the, him stealing the cookies like, is always like, like heisty. Breaking and entering yeah. into kids' houses yeah. and stuff and stealing their totally. fucking Whereas food. Whereas Count yeah. Chocolate is always like, have this cereal. Yeah, I yeah. love you. He, he, yeah, he bring, <laughs> Count Chocolate brings the cereal. Yeah. He doesn't break into your... Well, maybe he'll break in to give it to you. Yeah. But he's not like trying to steal. He's not one of the mascots who takes the from lucky the charms or yeah, uh, yeah. or tricks, tricks it's, it's, is, yeah. it, i feel like in the commercials the, the children always stop his plan to steal the cereal and end up with it yeah yeah um, like super quick side note i just want to say i was dragged once to this poetry reading thing uh, right. uh which was the fucking worst <laughs> and you and had to guy... you had to like go up on stage and do this prepared poetry that you had been writing yeah <laughs> which i was like no i don't okay i happen to have four pages of poetry yeah <laughs> right. i feel like you've told this story in the podcast before but i i think it was well, like, it is, like the it's... first like Five episodes. I haven't heard. It's I don't quite remember. possible. Uh, so yeah, it was this poetry slam thing. It was the fucking worst. And this guy got up and he did this whole power of positive thinking uh, uh, speech, and it was just deathly boring. And then the very last thing he said was, "Oh, and by the way, I was the voice of Count Chocula." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, buddy, you really missed like yeah. missed a fucking step with this." Yeah, yeah. You got to you got to lead with that. Yeah, exactly. You and lead then, with the fact that you're Count Chocula, and, and then, then it's I'm all got to be chocolate related stuff exactly <laughs> part of this balanced breakfast All yeah right. so wh- how is this gonna play out I, I, feel, I feel like the cookie thief isn't gonna fuck around and no, he's man. got a big spear he's got the spear yeah. that is made of wood so I, I again i ask about the spear in the heart i feel i feel like that was stake in the heart i think he's got an advantage oh, okay, or at yeah. least he has the means to kill mm-hmm. a chocolate vampire i think <laughs> i'm torn about the i'm torn about the vampire rules about whether or not on that one a bit like I'm, I'm really, really not sure about whether that because I, I feel like I don't know in the in the candy commercial. Like I feel like I should have watched the commercials. Like has he ever been pelted with light and turned into a bat, or like has anything like vampire into a bat? Yeah, he turns into a bat, but yeah. it's like usually he starts off as a bat and like flies yeah. in to be like, hello, yeah. <laughs> surprise, I brought you because I diabetes. Feel like, I feel like. There's something to say about the fact that this cereal uh, mascot, cereal is something that you eat in the morning. You don't yeah. eat it at night, and they're using a night I think I definitely creature. see him run around in the daylight. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like they're breaking rules just by having him the mascot of something you eat during the day. And the also the fact that he doesn't eat the children is yeah. breaking some rules. So I true. feel like if he's to get stabbed <laughs> in the chest by like the cookie monster, he's going to like look at it and be like, you think I abide by the rules? So is he... But then Unkillable? what makes what makes him a vampire? Like there has to be some sort of traditional vampire rules. That Are we to think that the chocolate is taking the place of blood in this chocolate vampire? That is, life? I feel like if, it if is. someone's yeah. If I didn't like you know want, that, that's what I would assume. He just loves chocolate so much that he he has so much of it. He's like, well, I'll give some to these kids because I'm sure. nice. I don't need to eat them. I have chocolate. I have so much chocolate. I can get all I can the make chocolate a cereal. I, want, I don't have to put vitamins in it and it. give it to you. And maybe I, something with uh, all the uh, nutrients of chocolate. Yeah, has kept yeah, him the nutrients has kept him. Uh, he's energetic. I think. Yeah, he's he now. But it's kept him invulnerable to the sun. Yeah, maybe that's what's fixed him. Okay, but I think okay. beyond that, but he, he used to a, just be a vampire. I think who ate absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you think? Yeah. yeah. So I think, I, was I think maybe other than the blood sun is his kryptonite. 
What is? I blood? thought maybe like he, if you give him blood because he's a he's a chocolate. No, vampire, then he gets bloodlust. Okay. And yeah, then, then he, he reverts back and just becomes a regular blood. vampire okay. who yeah. will fucking kill you mm-hmm. yeah. and your children. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's he's got the capability for murder. He's got teeth. Okay. I think the stake through the heart will do the okay. will do the trick. Yeah. It? I'm fine I'm not with saying that. that's happening immediately, but I think it's. I'm just throwing this into the ring right now. Yeah. Um. Now the cookie thief. Uh, he did have adversaries. He had these sort of Keystone cops. That's right. Yeah, uh, uh, like kind of guy. They, the like they're hanging like, off the outside. Sort of like they would catch him. Irish like, cops. Yeah, yeah. And that, they would, but they would like Rodney King him in yeah. every episode and just have like a beat down. Oh yeah, yeah. and they had like one of those like circular clouds. Yeah, of, yeah, like, yeah, fighting yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. I think those but guys. But they are... had whistles. Like one of the things about the Keystone cops is that they're always blowing whistles and going, yeah. "Hey, you stop! I'm Irish." Which, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also so you think Italian that Ch- Count Chocolate has a whistle? Oh. He's going to be using it. I, I like where like you're he going can, here. I feel like he can outsmart. He's going to use a whistle, people. and Cookie uh, Stealer is going to be like, "What? Oh, what? what? Got to get out of here!" Yeah, yeah he'll yeah. at least be distracted because okay. he's heard that sound before, and it's always yeah. just before uh, a cloud, uh, like a fight cloud. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to say I, th- I would think that those cops are like hanging off of the edge of Thunderdome with like money in their hands, betting on it. Oh, <laughs> for sure they are. But they're going to be pissed if he dies yeah. because they've been pursuing him for so long. Yeah, mm-hmm. for stealing sure. all the cookies. But I feel like they just like they they just beat the shit out of him yeah. every time. You know, they do. So... Yeah. Fifty six times in eighty one <laughs> seconds, <laughs> and they always and they always put him in jail. He always ends always. up in jail at the end. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so right. uh, Cookie Stealer is running at <laughs> uh, Count Chocolate with the spear in an attempt. To stab him in the heart, right. but Count Chocula blows the whistle and confuses him. Yeah, yeah. now and he what? thinks the cops are coming in. To, yeah, to, you know, give him. So a beat what does Count Chocula like, do? Why can't we get along? So he kind of turns around because, <laughs> like, historically the uh, histor- Yeah, I think that is what happens. What historically yeah. the the Keystone cops are chasing him. Yeah. So he hears the whistle and he's like, "Oh shit! I, now I got to deal with." The I got to get away yeah. from the whistle. Yeah. yeah. So he turns around and and that gives Count Chocula the edge. Bites him in the neck. Bites him right in the neck. Now he has bloodlust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does but does he or see? I wonder if he, if he, if he's sucking the blood or if he's giving you the ability to really enjoy chocolate, or well, is he just filling you with dr- chocolate? How much he drains from you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Does he turn you chocolate? Yeah, delicious? can he? Can he if like he, switch it? Like, if he were to just have like inject a bit of his chocolate into you and you know drink a little bit of your blood, you might become a. A count chocolate yourself. Yeah. Like, what like, if? What, but, I feel like there's a like he injects you with a little bit of the chocolate like uh, bug, and then he basically becomes like a chocolate junkie. Because I feel like in vampire movies, there's that like the, that image of like the person who's turning into a vampire being like need that needs the vampire to like bring him their blood because they can't kill people yet. Right? right. Basically, they turn into kind of like almost drug addicts for yeah, blood. Yeah, Isn't yeah, that yeah. kind of like an interview with a vampire yeah. kind of a deal? Yeah. Totally. He has a um, drink from his wrist because he can't yeah. help himself. He's like a helpless little baby. Yeah. yeah. So Looking does that happen with the... <laughs> also, Dracula's widow, mm-hmm. yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. why he eats that. I think so. everyone out there was thinking of seminal <laughs> Dracula <laughs> movie, Dracula's mm. Widow. Yeah. Okay. I always do. Does that so, happen if he injects maybe the cookie guy with... He basically well, I feel like he'd be slave? doing it just as a goof because then he can't wait. Or, he's not going to turn him into a chocolate guy yeah. with him. No. Exactly. No, he needs to get out of there alive, too. So he's got to kill him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to kill him, yeah. 
So maybe he just sucks his blood. <laughs> Can we agree on that? I was that? just going to say, maybe he turns him into like a junkie, but for chocolate instead of blood, and then plays the long game and just waits for him to chalk out. But at the same no, time, no, no, isn't no. he already I, have I feel like he's, he's like, already susceptible he's, to He's that. like become a good vampire now. He's a, he's a chocolate fella. And so he doesn't want to get his bloodlust back. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you put me in this position, cookie thief? Yeah. Fuck you. And he goes all Joe Pesci on him and takes the spear away from him and just... Just beats him to death okay. with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I say he defies the odds and doesn't vampire kill him. He Joe Pesci kills him. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, this isn't fair. I mean, like, we, we got rid of the cookie thief pretty readily. Well... But I think he. I feel like he did. But I, think I see. He got all away. I see him is him trying to steal cookies from kids and get his ass kicked. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, he's a fuck yeah. face. No question. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't see any. Like I think if I don't if, see any way he if kills he's got, Chocula. If Chocula has the uh, whistle. I think he's got the. Yeah, upper yeah. Hand. he's got the distraction. He turns into a bat real fast. Flies over. Takes that spear away from him and just like yeah. beats you him to death with bitch. it. Yeah. How dare yeah. you put me in this position? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how hard I've worked, yeah. <laughs> motherfucker. To, to, to turn from a blood vampire to a chocolate vampire. And he's not going back. No, no. All right. Yeah. I'm happy with that. I'll take that. All right. It's kind of chocula going on around two. I don't think there's any real surprise there. No. Um, I don't even know how to <laughs> how we're going to do next week. I don't. I have no clue what this discussion will be like. Uh, and I can't wait. Next week is Booberry, everybody's favorite blueberry ghost, yeah. versus the Honeycomb Kid. Uh, oh man, little, little kid on a bike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, little kid on a bike. It's a kid on a bike versus a ghost. Isn't the kid on the bike v- vaguely dressed like Indiana Jones, or was that uh, later commercials? I think that's I don't know. no, that's that's uh, yeah, that's a different mascot. Is it? Yeah, that's like into the '90s when this kind of thing started fading away a bit. Right. But it was still Honeycomb, wasn't it? Yeah, he's yeah, the Honeycomb right. something else. I don't know. The Honeycomb kid was kind of the mainstay. He's just the kid on a bike. He gets into. He likes to have an active day. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch the Honeycomb commercials. I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta watch commercials this time to get yeah, 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 geared up. Yeah, for sure. Ready, sweet. Mm-hmm. So okay, let's go. come back for that. Do it. Yeah. Go Super watch sweet. some commercials. Yeah. And uh, while you're out there on the Ander tubes. Oh, yeah. You can go to facebook.com slash synwpc or go to twitter.com slash synwpc and follow us there or go to uh, modernsuperior.com. Check out Casey's articles he's going to put up. We're all going to put stuff up. So go and read go. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And go uh, follow Time Bandits, follow Faculty of Horror, listen to all of their stuff, and come hang out with us and watch movies on Sunday, December 1st. Yes. Invasion USA. Come on. Yes. Yeah, come Get on, on it. Come on. Do all those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prizes. Yeah. Prizes for free. Nachos. For free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will also see you all next Wednesday, Internet. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, Internet. It's a good safe haven. There's a time traveling on the time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.